I, how many of you guys like need a Christmas break from Christmas break? Like you're like, I need to not go back to work for a few days just so I can stand people again. No, no, uh, no. I had a great time with both my families. I don't know. I guess I'm. In, I shouldn't say it that way, but um, but uh, but yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. I was telling the dream team this morning. I was getting some chafing around my belly line this weekend. I'm like, that didn't used to happen in these pants. I think there's like, things are rubbing where they weren't rubbing before. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be doing Daniel Fast. And uh, just the added benefits uh, of, of, you know, weight loss might, might be there. But yeah, you should have gotten one of these handouts in your, on your way in. And we're, today is actually our first day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, I encourage you guys to like, look over this um, Pick out something that you, you want to do. It doesn't have to be food. A lot of times we talk about food. But last year, you know, I, uh, I fasted podcasts, which if you know me, I love podcasts. I, I was like listen to like two or three hours a day of podcasts. And I just like, I think they're the greatest thing since TV probably. I don't know. Um, and... Like, so last year, I, I was like, I'm spending a lot of time doing that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to instead, like, I'll listen to the Bible or spend time in prayer. And that was an awesome time for me last year of just, like, um, like I was just like, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Like, sometimes we, we take the Bible and we just, like, we have to, like, read it, like, verse by verse and try and get every single nugget out of it. But sometimes, like, and this is what I was doing last year, I was just, like, binge reading it like a good novel, you know? Like, sometimes you get, like, a novel and you're just, like, next chapter, next, you know, and you're just reading through it as fast as you can. And I was doing that, and, and that was actually really rewarding for me, you know, like, like, just going through the Old Testament, seeing, like, how God was working in that way. So I encourage you guys... Um, you don't have to fast food, um, but, but, you know, really take some time and consider that and, and start that and join with us um, as we go through this 21 days of prayer and fasting. This morning, um, we're kicking off a series in which we are going to be talking about prayer. Seems appropriate. And so we're gonna um, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about prayer this morning. the 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 title of this series is "Lord, Teach Us to Pray," which you might recognize um, from Luke eleven. One of the disciples says to Jesus, "Lord, teach us to pray." And so that's kind of our heart as we as we go into the series is is looking at prayer. Um, how can like, and just just having a heart where God like teach us. To pray. Teach us to pray. I mean, I know in my life there has been times that I've been, I, I needed to be taught how to pray. And I needed the Lord to like do something in my life and, and reorder something so that I could take that next step. And there's always another um, step for us to take. And so b- before we begin, I want to talk about why do we, we pray? Why do we pray? And there's many different, different uh, facets to prayer. There's many different parts to prayer. Um, you, can, you can pray for, for petition, we call it in theology. Um, that's just asking for things. 
You know, and that's kind of the most popular um, form of prayer. That's kind of the form of prayer that people that don't pray very often are like, you know, God, I know you haven't heard from me in a while, but I really need something. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. I, and that's like a petition. And there's also confession, right, where we just confess um, our lives, our sins, what's going on unto the Lord. That's part of it. And uh, there's, there's, there's adoration. There's parts of prayer where we just talk about the goodness of God and we talk to him. And there's guidance. There's prayer where we just seek guidance from the Lord. And some, sometimes, you know, I, th- I think we, we get too hung up on just that, that petition part, just asking God for, for things. That's what we, what we think prayer is all about. You know, and sometimes I think... <clears throat> That it's, it's maybe the church's fault a little bit, you know, like we, we you know, we, we talk about these prayer cards every week, you know, and, and, and write down something that you need prayer for on the card, and, and that's great. But that is just a small piece of what prayer is about. Um, I have this quote from, from C.S. Lewis. Do you, do you have that in there, Tyler? I know it was really long. Yes. Oh, oh there it is. Okay. It's a lot of words. I'll read them outside, out loud. This is C.S. Lewis talking about prayer. In, a sen- in the sense of petition, asking for things, prayer is a small part of it. Confession and, and penance are its threshold. Adoration, its sanctuary. The presence and wisdom and enjoyment of God, its bread and wine. In it, God shows himself to us. That he answers prayers is only a corollary, not necessarily the most important one from that revelation. What he does is learned from what he is. I'm going to read that a second time because it took me two times, okay? Prayer in the sense of petition, asking for things, is a small part of it. Confession and penance are its threshold, adoration, its sanctuary, the presence and vision and enjoyment of God, its bread and wine. In it, God shows himself to us. And that he answers prayer is only a corollary, not the most important one from that revelation. What he does is learned from what he is. So to sum that up, prayer at its core, at its foundation, prayer is where we get to know God. Prayer is where we get to know God. Him answering prayers, him answering uh, what we ask for, that is just, that's a small piece. That's, that's, that's a byproduct of just who he is. And as we, as we find out who God is as we, as we are in prayer and we get to know him more. What we find is that God is a prayer-answering God, that that's who he is. And that's just a small part of what prayer is, but at its core, it is where we get to know God. And we have to try and frame our thinking in this way, not prayer as, as something we do to, to get things that we ask for, I think when we ask, how does prayer work, that, that puts us in the wrong mode of thinking from the beginning. When we think of 
when we ask how does prayer work, when we're, when we're trying to turn prayer into a formula, like a magic formula, like, you know, incantations, like if you say these uh, specific words, then your prayers will come true. Prayer, that's not what it is. You know, when I was growing up, um, I went to a private Christian school, and, and they, like, told us, they're like, you know, when you're praying for things, you have to do it this way. They had like a, they're like, don't, don't, don't um, pray, you know, um, that, let's say, let's like use an example, like you got a new car or you want a new car. Don't pray that you want a new car. They were like, say, God, I thank you for my new car that you're giving me. And they're like, if you just, if you, if you say it that way, you know, that's like speaking, you know, in, in a way, and, and, and the way it was presented was that. If you just order your words right, God has to do it, right? It was like there's, there's a specific way of, of talking that, that works. And to, think, and, and, to, and to try and formulate prayer in, in, in a certain way, to try and think of prayer as a machine, like how does this thing work if I just you know, say these things, turn these knobs, and, and boom, my prayers are answered, that's the wrong way of, of thinking about it. And ultimately, it, it sells prayer short of what it actually is. To think of prayer as only this, this magical way of, of getting your needs met rids prayer of its value in having a relationship with God. Prayer is this. Prayer is when incomplete and broken people come in contact with the whole and complete person. That is what prayer is at its core. When we, people who are broken, incomplete, we have our problems. In prayer, we are able to come in contact with the one being who is whole and complete. With God. And so, let's turn to Luke 11, starting in, in verse 1 and, and going through verse 4. This is, this is our key passage. And one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Going back to verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. There's, there's a couple things I want you to notice about this. Jesus' life of prayer was inspiring, right? Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples, seeing how he prayed, asked 
if the Lord would, would teach him how to pray. And when we pray rightly, when we're in that right zone of, of what prayer should look like, right, it should look like a relationship with God. It should, should have love in it. It should have passion in it. And when we do that, like, people are attracted to that. That's, that's attractive. And unlike the Pharisees, right, that Jesus said he, Jesus was like, I get nauseous at the Pharisees' prayer. It's loud and, and it's rigid and it's showy and they, they just pray loud enough for everyone else to hear them. But he says they've received their, you know, what they're getting just, you know, from their pride boost or whatever. But when prayer is done right, people should be drawn to it. Also, in the book of Luke, we see Jesus praying quite frequently, which should tell us something, right? Prayer is not just for asking for miracles, right? Why would Jesus pray if he can just, like, walk around and do miracles? You know, like, Jesus, who, like, has this incredible ability to, to perform miracles and cast out demons. Like, if prayer was only for praying for miracles or, or things, like, why would Jesus have any need for that? Prayer is so key, and it's, it's us having a relationship with God. That is what it's at its core. And so one thing I want to point out, uh, this disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, um, back in those days in the first centuries, many people, tribes, groups of people um, would, would have their own prayers, kind of this own, like, creed that they would say. You know, like, uh, Judaism at the time was, like, incredibly fractured. It wasn't, like, in, you know, in a real strong place. And there was, there was all these different um, groups of Jews that would have their own uh, tribes, and, and they would have their own prayers that kind of identified them as, as being with this uh, group of people. And so John probably put together a prayer from scriptures, and, and he and his disciples would, would recite that together. And so, like, we probably, you know, some churches do creeds, but this is like, you know, you can all do this, right? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to... You guys all know this. Wow. We must all be Americans. Right? You know, if someone here is, like, from another country, they'd be like, you know... Some, not all countries even, like, do, like, pledges like that. But, you know, some of... You know, we, we have this, this thing that we recite together that identifies us, that groups us together. And so lots of... Um, teachers would have their own prayer that kind of like identified like maybe their theology and, and what kind of group they were, and that was, that was their prayer. And so this disciple is, is not just asking um, for prayer, but he's asking for, you know, an identity. What's, what's our group like, Jesus? And so when Jesus gives him this prayer, it's, he's also giving them an identity. And he begins, when you pray, say, Father. 
Now, just full disclosure, I'm not going to get very much further through the Lord's Prayer than that word right there. But I think it's really important. In the Old Testament, we read and we hear, uh, you know, about God being depicted as Father, but it's nothing like it is in the New Testament. Like when Jesus comes around, what he goes around talking about his father. I'm going about my father's business, right? And he calls himself, you know, the, the son of man, you know, the son of God. And, and so that, you know, that kind of makes sense that Jesus would, you know, pray to, to father, right? But he tells his disciples, when you pray, say, father. He instructs his followers to do the same. And while it's true that God is, is the creator, he, he arranged every single molecule on this earth and in our bodies, and, and it's true that God is all-powerful, and that, that he, has, he has the power to create the universe, create worlds, destroy worlds, he, he can do anything he wants. And it's true that God is judge, and, and, and he can divide right from wrong, and, and he's the lawgiver, and he, and he tells us what is right and wrong. But when we hear those words, it may conjure up an idea that God is distant, an idea that God is maybe indifferent to our circumstance. He doesn't really fully get it or can't really relate. A couple, uh, I don't know, it's probably a year ago, I preached um, about worship, and I had you guys all recite this prayer um, from a Monty Python movie. I don't know if you guys remember that at all. Um, but there's a, there's a scene, and they're like in this old Anglican church, and the, in the, the, pre, you know, the, the people are reciting this together. He says, let us praise God, O Lord, you are so big, so absolutely huge. Gosh, we're all really impressed down here, I can tell you. Forgive us, Lord, for our dreadful, dreadful toadying and barefaced flattery, but you are so strong and well, just so super. Fantastic. Amen. And uh, it was really fun when I made you guys all quote that, because I think you guys are like, this is, we're bad people now. Uh, you know, but sometimes we can have this attitude of prayer that is like God is this this being, right, that I just hope, you know, please don't smash me, you know. And, and that's our idea of him. And Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father. That's so huge. Um, I was reminded this morning, um, when Hannah and I were just dating, um, I think we were only dating. It would, the story would be better, well, more appropriate, I guess, if we were, like, uh, engaged or whatever. But I was at, home, at Hannah's home in Indiana, you know, and I feel like it was my first time there. And it was like, uh, how, you've ever been in this boat? Like, is it Wes or Mr. Chinworth? Like, what do, what do I call my father-in-law? You know, so... Um, I think, I don't know, I think I just asked or whatever. I was like, what do you want me to call you? And uh, he was like, oh, just Wes. And then he goes, you can call me dad. I don't care. And I was like, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, 
I'm pretty serious about Hannah, but like, I don't know, you know. So that's the kind of adversity I had to face to like win Hannah's hand in marriage. Like, uh, no, it's like pretty, <laughs> not not too bad. Uh, but what does that like, you know, say, right? You know, like what you call a person can define your relationship, right? How you refer to a person says everything about how close you are, right? If it's Mr. or Doctor, that's like, there's a little bit of space here, you know? You use my first name, like, yeah, we're friends. You call me Honey or Sugar Lips, you know? No, we're pretty close. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Hannah. She's never called me that, so um, don't worry. But what Jesus says, right, when you pray, say, Father. And when you pray and you say, Father, you put yourself in the right position. You position yourself where you are supposed to be. You seek to realize and claim your true relationship with God, that you are his child, and he is your father. You do not see God as some distant or cold, abstract being, some blind force, some hostile being that has no concern for you or your friends or your family. And if you live in this space where where God is just a distant, cold being that doesn't know you from anyone else. You're just a tiny ant, you know, on this rock in space. If you have that attitude and perception of God, your prayers will reflect that. As you ask for things in prayer, as you try and have a conversation, you, you will do so in a way that you're praying without hope. You're just sending words into empty space and You know, well, that's just what it is. You might be praying with fear. You might be praying out of just anxiousness. But like that, the words of that song we sing, like, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. When we grasp that and we we understand that and we see God as, as our loving father, that he has huge implications for our prayer life. Big implications. And we look as God as your father, then you will rightly approach him as his child. Now, I know in this room, you know, there are varying levels of, of you know, father-child relationships. You know, some that are great relationships, you know, some of you might have a relationship with your father that's all right, maybe a bad relationship. But it's important that we recognize that true fatherhood, what fatherhood really is, looks like God. Not what what our, you know, earthly relationships look like, but what God looks like. After, after telling his, uh, uh, his disciples this prayer, Jesus goes on to say in uh, Luke eleven eleven, 
Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Amen, right? Everyone's, all the dads say, I'm an evil dad. That's what it says here. <laughs> now, I want you to understand, like, I, one time, uh, like, when I first came back as associate pastor, uh, Cleveland and I were out to eat, and I was having, like, a heated theological debate about, like, I don't know, uh, just how should I sum it up? I was being really intense, first off, and I was like, if you, like, I, <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into this. I was saying, if, if, if you, like, our inability to see other people's children as our own children is a result of our brokenness and because we're evil. And then I said, you're evil, Cleveland. <laughs> and I meant, I'm evil, too. But... Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> You're right. Uh, no, no. And so, hear me out. When Jesus says, you fathers, even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts. Jesus is saying, even though you're broken, even though you're imperfect, even though you're not like God. That's what he means by evil. You know, you don't have to have like a layer underground or whatever, you know. But he's saying that even though you who are broken know how to give good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father, who is the true picture of fatherhood, know how to give good gifts? Our earthly, our earthly examples of of fatherhood are just shadows of what heavenly fatherhood is. You know, like, I have a couple shadows up here. But, you know, when you're outside and there's, you know, there's like a shadow of a, of a tree on the ground. You can look at it and you can, you can tell that it's a tree. You can look at it. But that shadow is n- not a tree. It, it looks and resembles a tree, but you can't, like, pick an apple off that shadow, you know, and eat it. And you can't, like, cut that shadow down and build a house out of it. I don't know, you know. That, our earthly fatherhood is just a shadow. It's just a shell of what heavenly fatherhood looks like. And so I want you to understand, even if you had, you know, you had, maybe you had a great relationship with, with your father, that's still just a, a tiny representation, just a foretaste of what our relationship with God is. Um, I, this is a couple times I've used my AirPods as like sermon illustrations, and I'm like, that was worth the money right there. Um, I bought these, right, and I've talked about them. I've tried to sell them to people from the stage, and I should be getting a cut um, for that. But uh, since I've done that, a few people here have uh, told me about their, like, knockoffs that they bought. 
they like bought, you know, not the the real ones and they look just like them, but they're like, yeah, they don't really work that well. Is basically what people have like said to me, right? Clip, yeah, Clip's shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, these ones work great. The real ones work great. But the knockoffs, like, they just, they're like, eh. and, and the thing is, like, when you have, like, wireless headphones, like, nothing's more annoying than them not working, right? You're like, just give me real headphones, like, with the wire and everything. I think so often, like, God is, is, is the true and pure father. He's the embodiment of what real fatherhood looks like. And I'm sorry, but like me and every other father out there is kind of an imitation. We're broken. We don't quite work perfectly all the time. You know, I would, I would have loved, you know, if like when my first daughter came, you know, was born and I became a dad, like, if, like, there was this magical transformation that, like, I was just, like, a much better person all of a sudden, you know? You're like, man, it'd be great if I didn't, like, you know, get angry or if I wasn't impatient or if, you know, I wasn't selfish and all that, you know? But you could discover pretty quickly, like, that is, is still there. I'm, I'm still... A broken father. But the true father, the one we pray to, is, is holy, loving, and compassionate, and he is near, and he desires for a relationship. I used to um, struggle, like, a lot with the idea of prayer and, like, you know, specifically, like, praying for things. And, and like, my, my blessed wife, Hannah, like, I was, like, we were dating in college, and I'm, like, having this existential crisis about prayer. And she's, like, please don't talk to me about this because, like, I'm about to marry you. And I feel like uh, I don't know what you believe, and it's, like, freaking me out. But I was, like, I just... I just don't, I was like, I don't understand why, like, if God, who is, like, all-powerful and all-knowing and knows what's best for me and knows what's best for everyone else, why do I have to ask for that, right? Like, I'm just like, God, like, I'm not going to ask. What if I ask for something that's wrong? Like, what if God wants to do this and I'm, like, praying for something that's, like, not as good? Like, am I messing things up, you know? And I, I, I was like, so I just don't get it. Like, why do we, we have to pray? And as I've worked through this, um, I've realized something about prayer, that God's primary goal with his people, with his church, with you, is not to just accomplish tasks, but his primary goal is to develop you, to grow you, he, he has a desire to see you grow. Now, <clears throat> if you ever want to do, like, a project around your house really inefficiently, like, you just want it to take forever, and you want it to turn out n- not well, and just take, you know, just not be ideal, ask your kids to help you. <laughs> right? Like, if you want to mow the lawn, or you want to, you know, wash dishes, or you want to fix something, or this is the word, if you want to paint something, yeah, like, ask your kids to help you paint a room, and, like, 
see how much of a mess that turns out to be, right? Like, our, in, our, in our house we bought, um, the upstairs room used to be like Barney Purple when we bought it, and it was awful and gave you anxiety. Um, and so I started painting it, but then as I'm painting it, you know, like all the like light switch caps and the light switches themselves and the outlets were all also painted purple. And I was like, I know, I just had this sense, you know, the Lord revealed this to me that teenagers painted that room because like I was a teenager. Like one time we went on this like youth retreat and they're like, oh, we're, while we're at this church, we'll paint a room. And we were having like paint fights and stuff. And I'm like, there's no way we like helped out there at all, you know? <laughs> and so what I'm saying is like, if, if you want to, to do something inefficiently, ask your kids to help you, Right. But if you want your children to grow and learn, then also ask them to help you do something, right? And what I've come to realize is, is because God is so much more, he cares so much more about developing us and our relationship with him and developing us into people who look like Christ God includes us on what he is doing. He invites us, come help me out, Trent, as I build my kingdom here on earth, fully knowing that I'm going to mess some things up, right? But he's like, it's okay. I'm God. I can take care of it. Don't worry. And so God is so much more concerned with, with us growing. I think of like, you know, when my kids turn 16 and they take their driver's test and they pass and I'm like, okay, you know, here's car keys, I guess. Like, that's insane. Like, I can't believe, you know, I told you last time I preached that, like, in my teen years, I was trying to see how high of roofs I could jump off of, right? And then they're like, and here's car keys, right? But I think that's so much like God and who he is that with all of creation, with this whole world, he created this world and he's like, and here's the keys, the car keys to this world. I trust you and I believe in you and I'm going to be there with you and I'm going to help you out. And that's what, what, what prayer is. It's, it's having a relationship with God. It's us broken people coming in contact with the one who is not broken. Us who are incomplete people coming in contact with the one who is complete. And he's seeking to to partner with us. As you stand this morning, I want to close by reading this passage from James 1.16 through 18. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us 
birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. God created us. He created each and every one of you as this first fruit, as this as these people that would participate in building his kingdom on earth, as these people that would participate in, in, in bringing God closer to earth. And so I encourage you, like, as, 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 we, as we worship and we pray over these next 21 days, start with this. Start with this idea that God is Father, that he is close to you that he is near to you, that he cares about what's going on in your life. He desires to have a relationship. That is a truer representation than anything else. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you that you are our truest Father, God, that you love us, God that you gave your life just so that you could have a relationship with us. And God, no matter where we are at, no matter what we are doing, like the prodigal son, God, you run after us, God. You run towards us, God, and you celebrate us. And God, I just pray that we would uh, pull down any barriers that, that keep us from understanding your, your fatherly love, God, your, your personal, your close love, that we were made in your image, God. Help us to understand that we are your children and that as your children, we can boldly seek your throne. We can boldly seek your presence, God, and we can have communion with you. God, I just pray that that through these 21 days, God, that we would grow closer to you in every moment, God. I just pray that your words would be on our lips, that your 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 thoughts would become our thoughts, God, as, as we worship and praise you, God, as, as we give up things to, to become closer to you, God. I just pray that we would be rewarded uh, by by that diligence and by that discipline, God. God, I pray that you just bless each and every one of these people in this room, God. God, reveal yourself to them. God, reveal yourself to each and every one of us that we may know you more fully as you truly are. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, We close each and every service uh, with a time of giving. So I'm going to invite the ushers to the front. You can give three ways. You can do it.